Hi there and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 125 of the, the flagship show that we do every Sunday. Uh, I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say all the time, guys, it's not just the, the, the podcast that we have here at Jersnet. Uh, we've got the, the forums, get onto the forums, there's some good stuff going on in there. Articles, uh, social media, history archive on the website as well, so get yourself on there as soon as you can. Uh, if this is the first time that you've you've joined us and 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 you know are listening or watching the pod tonight, we would ask you to subscribe. We've got over four thousand subscribers at the moment, so going very well. Uh, thanks to everyone who subscribed so far and uh, and for staying with us. We're live tonight. The pod is live tonight on the Sunday night on the on the day that Rangers drew with Hamilton on each. That's the sort of main talking point of today. But the show will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual places that you get your uh, podcast, guys. Uh, I have two guests tonight, two esteemed guests. Uh, esteemed. Uh, esteemed. <laughs> Uh, we've got Ian Duff and Stuart. Uh, Ian, how are you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. A bit down with that today? Yeah, it wasn't the best, was it? But uh, we we move on. Uh, I, I notice you're, you're still enjoying your top of the pop stuff. A lot of tweeting on that on a Friday night when it goes out. It's 1990 at the moment. That's it, 1990. I was 18. That was the peak years. It's been on 10,000 since then, basically. <laughs> I was 17. You're a year older than me. I was 17 in 1990. Yeah, good times. I'd only been working for about a year at that point in my life. So, yeah, good times. Uh, and we're, we're also joined by Stuart, who it seems like he just sits in that. You've just been stuck in that cubby hole for about the last six months of lockdown, Stuart. <laughs> like, one, it keeps me safe, it keeps me out of trouble, and two, it keeps everybody else safe and out of trouble. So <laughs> it's maybe not a bad place to be here. Yeah, you caught me lockdown then. I mean, it, it, it is starting to drag now, and it? it really is a bit of a drag. Right. It's it's starting to. Um, there's a lot of people that are, I'm saying to somebody during the week. A lot of people have been quite stoic and and quite solid through the last year, and they're starting to become a bit frayed around the edges. Uh, and I think that's that can apply to so many people just now. I just think I, I think people are sick and tired of this. And the thing is, it's not getting it really is not getting any easier. It's not as if you know everybody saw the the vaccine as being some kind of magic bullet, uh, and it's just not happening quick enough. I think. No, it, it does feel. Like, I mean, my, as I've said a few times on the show, my wife's a nurse, and it, I mean. Our hospitals, it's, it's the worst it's ever been through the whole thing, mm. you know, it seems to be just getting worse, so uh, yeah, I mean uh, there is that sort of uh, you know, silver lining in terms of the vaccine and stuff like that, but I do think it'll take a while for it to get out and about and and normality still feels like a bit away, so yeah, but anyway, we'll go into the game of the day, guys, uh, not the best of results and an even worse performance, arguably it was a really poor performance uh, overall today at Hamilton uh, Ian, I'll come to you first. I mean, Stephen Gerrard described it as the worst performance of the season, and it's it's really really difficult to disagree with that. Uh, I mean, there have, there has been other occasions this season where we maybe haven't started so well, and other times when you know we've the last twenty minutes or so we've, we've stepped off a bit. But for basically, apart from maybe a 10, 15 minute period towards the end of the second half when we got the goal and. You know, it looked like we were controlling it a wee bit. There was really nothing from Rangers today. A really, really poor performance. And if it wasn't for Alan McGregor, uh, you, you would have to fear the worst, I think. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't think there's any doubt it's the worst performance overall the the season. I mean, it's you know I, I suppose Livingston at the start of the season was we thought thought at the time was pretty awful, but in looking back at it, maybe uh, Livingston are a bit better than we thought at the time. But um, and then submitting the, the cup, uh, the league cup. But yeah, I think you know. I think when you put that down as a very bad day at the office, but you know, didn't lose the game, so I suppose there's there's that uh, silver lining to it. But you know, that's about the only thing you could really say from it that was in any way positive, uh, apart from maybe the goalkeeper's performance. But I don't think we would really want to have a positive about the goalkeeper's performance necessarily. I mean, that's probably the last thing we need at the moment. So, but yeah, no, pretty miserable. But let's hope it's just a one-off. Stuart, the, I mean, one thing that surprised me, you know, at halftime, you know, on the WhatsApp with a couple of mates and on Twitter and all that kind of thing, and the general feeling was they can't be as bad in the second half as they were in the first half. And uh, unusually, I mean, there was, I think Kent had a chance, you know, really early on, we kicked off and ran up the park and you kind of thought then, all right, it looks like we've, you know, we've had the, the sort of boot up the arse, so to speak, at halftime, they've you know, they've picked it up, but it was more of the same. You know, if anything, you know, McGregor had more to do in the second half. It really was a flat performance. It was. I mean, I've criticised um, Rangers, you know, for several weeks now, um, usually around how slow they start matches. And they, do, they, they, they don't come out of the blocks. You know, they're, they're not Usain Bolt-esque coming out of the blocks. They just, they, 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 they really toil at times to get into their rhythm. You could make excuses for them. I don't think that they have ever been really, really comfortable playing at Lewis Park or whatever the hell they call it now. Um, and I, I, I think that's always been an issue, um, you know, recently with Rangers. Uh, um, the, the other thing is, I mean, again, you're looking for them to up their game. If they haven't had a good first half, you're looking for Steven Gerrard to make changes that is going to you know, have them playing a bit better. But I think it's even difficult for Gerrard just now. You've got to have a spark or a bit of inspiration from the actual players on the pitch before you can make any changes or make any significant changes to the way that you play. And I, and I just don't think there was that. I think they were really, really flat. Um, you know, I'm reminded of I'm reminded of Dick Advocate during his first season at Rangers, and and the the I think it was the Fenland, they, they off the back of I, I off the back of losing to Celtic, they played at Ibrox and they drew one each, and it was a really really flat performance. And Advocate said, "You have to remember that teams don't just turn up for you." To, to beat them they're, they're going to try as well and I think Aki's have reached a stage where they're kind of reached the stage of being desperate now because things have you know things are not happening for them and I thought they were they, they showed a bit more spirit and a bit more con, conviction in terms of their performance than Rangers and as a result you only need to be 5% down in your performance another team 5% better than they usually are and you could find it difficult and I think that's what happened to Rangers today Ian, I mean, I, I suppose we, we should mention Hamilton and all this. They did play well, and, and, and myself and uh, Alex on the, the show on Friday had a, had a good chat, and we, we did sort of mention that they're not a sort of team that sit back. You know, they always kind of have a go, Hamilton, and it doesn't always work for them because it, it means they have a, you know, a doing every now and again. 
But I mean, switching back to Rangers, you know, Steven Gerrard, big changes in his, well, not big changes, but three changes to his starting lineup today. You know, he brought in Zungu, uh, he brought in Eaton, and, and, and uh, who else did he bring in? Kamara. Kamara. Yeah, Kamara. Right, so I mean, the, the two I suppose we really need to look at is Zungu and, and, and Eaton. I think Eaton has done enough recently to merit a start. I had concerns about Roof starting today because you know he picked up an injury previously on, a, on an artificial surface, and I don't think it's the sort of surface that agrees with him. And it, and it, it strikes me as a type of player that's going to give you seven or eight games and then pick something up, you know, a wee niggle. So I, f- I felt it was the right idea, but Zungu seems to have been attracting a lot of attention and criticism, you know, after the game. That maybe that was a mistake. The last time he started, I think, was the game against St. Nern in the Cup, which we lost. Now, in terms of his performance, I, I, I thought he played okay, but maybe didn't control the game in the same way as maybe, you know, uh, Ryan Jack or, or, or Kamara or who am I thinking of here? Uh, Stephen Davis would, you know, okay, but not commanding, so to speak, not imposing himself on the game. So after the game, Gerard sort of suggested that he had to look at himself. You know, he maybe left too much quality on the bench. And me and you had a wee discussion on Twitter today about, you know, how much was left on the bench. Yeah. Do you think Gerard got it wrong? Did he delete? I mean, I think Hamilton. I, if, you're, if you're going to bring boys in, then Hamilton Aki's <laughs> as the team to do it against, really. You know what I mean? Well, arg- arg- arguably, yeah, it is. But I, I would argue that at this point, there is no need to do that. I just don't think... I think it was an unnecessary risk to do it. I don't think... Unless the players concerned are injured or unfit or you know running the risk of an injury, I don't think there was a, a need to, to change the team. I think we, what we want at this stage, with six games to go, is to be playing the strongest team, get us over the line, and then start worrying about giving minutes to other players after that because the one important thing to do now is to to get across the line and if you've got players like Jack and Davis especially sitting on the bench they're not just players that come on and you know they're not just there for their ability on the park as players they're there because they're part of the, the you know they're strong personalities they're big players they're the players we're relying on to win the league and I think when it comes to the business end of the season they should be there on the pitch. Now, if you're talking about having to rest them, maybe that should have been done at less critical times. But now, whether it's Hamilton or otherwise, because it's arguable, maybe Hamilton are, are the easiest team to, to play because they're at the bottom of the league. But, you know, as Stuart said, you know, they're, they're fighting for their lives now. So they've, they've got everything to lose. They need to win games. And if they sense any kind of weakness at all, then, you know, they're, they're going to play their hearts out to, to take it on and you know Hamilton against Rangers is a different proposition from Hamilton against Motherwell I suppose or maybe the Motherwell's not a good example but you know when they're they're going to look they're going to up their game when they've got a bigger game I guess is, is what I'm saying so I just think it was a risk that they didn't need to take I'm not making a scapegoat uh, uh, Zungo because I don't yeah, like you said, I don't think he was terrible today but he's, he's very passive I don't think he's the kind yeah. of player that controls the game or stamps his authority in the game he's good you know, the ball will come through him he can you know he'll, he'll knock it out to other players but he doesn't you know grab hold of the game and, and you know grab hold of the midfield which is what what you really want in a in a game like that so yeah I, I think it was a mistake really I think we same, same as in the Samirin game I don't think there was any need to change the team dramatically in the Samirin game and having done that and seen it didn't work 
I was really surprised to see the, the team today because I just didn't think they would make that same mistake again. I would have thought we would just be trying our best to get the best 11 on the park and, and get the game won. And then make changes. You know, If you're 2 or 3 nil up, then, then you can give the, the these fringe players more of a chance. In terms of Itton, I actually think he played okay. I thought he did, did fine when he was on. I don't think he was a disaster. In fact, I would have kept him on uh, when Roof came on and played him... Uh, out, out in the wide uh, rather than taking them off and, and leaving the rebo on to be honest but that you know, that's that was just my view on it but uh, but yeah I, I don't think Itton was necessarily the big mistake but I do think we need to have guys like Jack when he's fit which he hopefully is and Davis on the park controlling the game I just think what you'd saying there's absolutely spot on you pick your best you, you pick your your best 11 you know, I, I don't think I don't think Hamilton is the easiest place to go. I don't think Hamilton is the easiest play, team to play against, especially at uh, at, at home as, as well. And I think, you know, I, I think there's, sometimes there's too much caution of of maybe Steven Gerrard thinking to himself, what players am I going to need further down the line rather than what players do I need today? And, and again, I think Rangers have played and performed brilliantly this season but they've done so by putting out their best team and you do you give every team the same um, sort of credit and, this, and, and give every team the same level of attention and, and I think just now you're looking to you're looking to cement the results in this position that you're in I know people will say oh 20 points in front this is fantastic you're, you're looking to basically get the title done and dusted as soon as possible. And I think if you make too many changes, you run this risk of that taking longer than it should. I'm not going to say, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you if you were sitting at Celtic now and saying, uh, well, a week ago or two weeks ago, they were probably thinking it was all dead. There's not a chance. Haven't got hope. But they've, put, they've won two games in a row. Arguably, you know, they should have won those games and that's not a no big deal but they'll look across and see that we've dropped points didn't do particularly well last week and that will give them just a tiny little bit of hope and that's the last thing you want to do you, you want them to be going out uh, you do what you do but you want them to go out and, and not feel confident not have anything to grab hold of and then hopefully they'll drop points and if they look across and see that we've dropped points they, there's just that niggling doubt I suppose and I suppose that's how Rangers supporters are feeling at the moment is because of what how things fell apart last season I think we're all sort of super nervous about it, maybe unnecessarily, but you know, I think it's just that fear that it's going to give them a little bit more of a hope where really we should just be relentlessly driving on and, and not, no matter what they do, they should know that it doesn't matter because Rangers are going to win every game and they'll, they'll have won the league before we need to play them again even. I mean, well, what does that say, Stuart, about, about the squad? Because I mean, I do, I, I do think, I mean, especially when you consider you know, the Europa League campaign starts again this month. You know, we, we can't, we, Rangers and Steven Gerrard can't put out his strongest 11 every week. You know, there has to be a level of rotation. I mean, someone like Zungu, you know, there's that they're talking about, the option to sign him is 3 million. You know, it's not like the guy is, you know, some some wet behind ears youngster. You know, if, if we're going to take up the option to sign him, it's going to, it's going to be a, a fairly significant fee. So, so what does that say about the depth of the squad? Because there has been a feeling this year that there is more depth to the squad. But if we're making two or three changes and we can't get past Hamilton Ackies, who, with the greatest respect, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to, you know, put them down or anything like that. 
but you know, it's a team that we would usually beat, especially you know any any sort of success they've had over us over twenty thirty years has been at Ibrox. So does that say that the squad maybe doesn't have the strength and depth that we, we thought it did? No, I, I think it, I think the I think Stephen Gerrard has assembled a squad that's as good as it's been, you know, well for a long, long time. Um, I think maybe the, the fact that they haven't won anything, they might not be getting the credit that they actually deserve. And the fact that you look at the league table and Rangers haven't lost a game this far into the season tells you that there is something pretty decent about this squad. Also, he's fighting two fronts. Um, I, w- I, would, I would say now it's all well and good performing well in the Europa League but ultimately you have got one big prize to go for and that's the league title and I, I, and I would always concentrate on that I've been critical of Rangers and how they've started matches I'd also need to say I've been critical about Rangers and how they've closed out matches too too often they've been rushed into like you know seeing out the last 20 minutes because I've conceded goals today they, they conceded a goal late on and I, and I think sometimes you you know, Rangers are looking for somebody. They have some good midfield players. I think they're really looking for somebody. And 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 this might be a criticism of the guys that are there. You're looking for somebody who, after 75 minutes or 80 minutes, is really looking for the ball every single opportunity and just boss the game and shut the game down. Um, I, I think that's the, you know, I think ultimately that's what you're looking for, and I just don't think that's happening. And, and, and you're looking at experienced players, nobody able to do that either. You know, I think it's, it, it's, um, I think just now we're, we're at a situation where the big prize is almost there, and it's, 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 it's seeing it, seeing it through. As Ian said, it's about seeing, seeing the job through, continuing what you've done. And I just think maybe that maybe there's a bit of a hiatus in the season for Rangers just now, where there's a lot of people and a lot of players have put a lot of hard work in, and it's now beginning to you know fatigue them. I, I don't think after today's game, there'll be many will be left in any doubt about what it might mean to somebody like Alan McGregor. I think that the, the, the sort of team chat that he might have had in the dressing room after today might have awoke a few to the fact that this is still to be won. And uh, which again is no bad thing, but I I think this was just a really flat performance, and you you have to hope that this is the last one that you see this season. Ian on on uh, Alan McGregor, uh, Stuart mentioned them there. I mean another uh, another outstanding performance. Now I mean I, I think the stat came up today that he had more saves to make in one game today than he's had to make all season, which is quite remarkable when you consider the opposition. You know the bottom of the league are struggling. Uh, and they really have. They've had a go and, and, and they've worked them. But again, it, it, it feels like someone like McGregor is the difference in, in, in these sort of title run-ins. I, th- I can't remember who, who I had the conversation with, but they pointed out, I think it might have been John, but they pointed out, you know, that, you know, McGregor's a Carlin influence. You know, if a team get one or two chances, he's going to pull one or two great saves and, and, and keep you in a game. And he and he's done that today. It was it was he just one or two? It was probably three, four, or five today that he's you know he's pulled off and 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 kept us in the game. A wee bit unlucky with the the, the one that, that that went in. But I mean, how important is someone like him to the squad? And and the fact that I mean, I think his contract's coming to an end this season. The fact that there's been no noise about you know I'm signing a new deal is is that any concern to you? Uh, 
Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, it's been massively important. I mean, yeah, I, I, I put my hands up and say when uh, he was signed three years ago, whenever it was, or came back, I wasn't really in favour of it. I thought he'd passed his peak and that, you know, we should be looking for someone else. And I'm quite happily put my hands up and say, I mean, I, you know, I was completely wrong on that front because he's been the difference, you know, in loads of games, uh, you know, just, even just, the, you know, you say, yeah, today, yeah, he had four or five saves, even other games where he's just had that one save, it's almost more impressive because, you know, he's sitting, standing there doing nothing for yeah, eight yeah. or nine minutes and, and he pulls off a, a, a match winning save, which is quite often what it is. So, you know, he's been vital and, uh, you know, he, there's a strong case to be made that, that he's the, the player of the season. Uh, at this point, he would be the player of the season. Um, so, yeah, vitally important. I don't know what the situation is with his contract. haven't heard anything, as you say, whether uh, whether he's... I would be surprised if he didn't get offered uh, another deal for next season if he wants to carry on playing, which I can't see any reason why he wouldn't. Um, I'm pretty sure he would like another crack at the Champions League if uh, if we win the league. So I think that would be definitely something he would want to do before he retires, uh, if that was what he was to do. And I don't see any reason why we wouldn't want to sign him. So, you know, I, I can only just hope that it's just one of these things that's going along in the background and there's no news is good news kind of thing because, you know, there's no there's nothing to talk about one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's been outstanding, you have to say. Better than he was first time around. Um, but that, that's actually something I was just about to say. I think there is a case to say he's been better this time around than he, than he was the, the first time around. Sure, I mean his interview afterwards sort of summed him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he, he just looked. I think the phrase is pissed off. He looked yes. thoroughly pissed off. You know, one or two word answers, and and you can just imagine what it would be like to deal with in the dressing room after a result like that. I mean, you saw you got to be sort of snippet of it. You know, the camera was on him like thirty seconds after the whistle went and. You don't need to be a lip reader to see what he's saying. You know what I mean? He's he's livid that, that, that we've conceded so late in the game, uh, and it's that kind of attitude I think that that gets teams over the line. You know, you wonder. Yeah, I actually wonder if he's got some sort of clean sheet contract that he doubles his money every week. If he manages to keep a clean sheet, and you could basically see you know a few grand slipping through his fingers, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, I I, I think Ian is writing what he says about the scepticism about him returning. You know, goalkeepers can last a lot longer than outfield players, but you're looking at a kind of level of performance and what age he is and how he'll be. I think actually he has, he will have turned in the kind of performances that would have, and I'm not talking about Ian here, don't take offence here, but would have silenced a lot of critics of him. I think you're actually seeing the professionalism that Alan McGregor possesses, you know, currently the whole the, the whole thing first time around with you know uh, Walter Smith being livid at his antics at Hamden with part of the Scotland squad and they get him and Barry Ferguson get kicked out and all the rest of it. I think that a lot of people think well his off field activities, let's say, um, are kind of mirrored on his on field activities. Far from it. He's showing a level of dedication and professionalism and actually getting better with age, which, only, as I say, only goes to show you how good he is. The other thing I'll say is that, historically, it's, it's not maybe the goals that you score that win your games, it's maybe the saves that your keepers make. And you have to go back go back to the 92-93 season when Rangers won the domestic treble. 
who was the Football Writers Player of the Year, who was the Players Player of the Year that season, Andy Gorham. Andy Gorham didn't win those two titles for just basically turning up as Rangers steamroller teams. He won those uh, two awards because he was an outstanding player and an outstanding team and who contributed to those victories. And I think you've seen the same with McGregor and Ian's point there that he might be the player of the season. For me, I don't I think there's any doubt that he has been the most consistent player at Ibrox all season and therefore the most consistent player in Scottish football. I'm pretty sure there's a gag in there with Alan McGregor and clean sheets, but we'll not go there. You know, we have young kids watching sometimes. Uh, Ian, moving on to, to Ryan Kent, uh, another kind of misfiring performance is maybe the kindest way of putting it. And he, he's, I don't know how you feel about Kent, but, you know, I, I felt last season there was snippets. It, was, it felt to me like he was a one in three, one in four games kind of guy. You would get a wee performance at him once every three or four games it made you think there was more there and that if he could get consistency you know he would, he would be a real real player for us at the start of the season it looked like he'd found that consistency he really kicked on and looked like he was he was going to be a, a sort of major player this season but it's it's really sort of from I would say maybe late September October time he, he's really fell away and, and there has been wee snippets I thought he played well up at Pataudry uh, I thought he missed a really, a really guilt-edge chance today. I, th- I think it was Ryan Jack played a great ball through him mm. and, and, and he put it past the post. You know, seven million, that's, that's, that's a decent outlay for, for Rangers. And if, if we were putting it down to the money, I, I don't think we're getting value for money at the moment. You know, I, th- I think someone like Kent has to be more consistent and has to be given us more, especially in games like this when we're huffing and puffing. You know, and it'd be interesting to hear, hear what your view I'm, I'm starting to see there would be negative comment coming back now when you're looking at comments on Twitter and stuff like that. I think we always have to try and be constructive when it comes to criticising players. So, you know, I'm not going to slate the guy, but when you consider what we're getting off of some other players, a lot who cost next to nothing or nothing, you know, Glenn Kamara, for example, 50 grand, and he's, he's you know, week after week performing at a high level. Seven million, I, I, I don't think we're getting value for money from him right now. Well, I'm always kind of reluctant to sort of judge a player by what we've paid for him because it's not the player's fault it's not the player no, no. And, and, and you know that that's just the way it is and if we wanted that player the manager wanted them that was the the, the, the value that the, the his club put on him so that's what we had to pay basically and uh, so that's not his fault what you know is down to him is how he plays regardless of his fee and you know I think I think he, I think he's playing okay in terms up to a point but his final ball, whether it be a cross or a shot or, or a pass, is just letting him down. And I don't know whether that's a confidence thing or if it's just he's trying too hard or, or what, but I don't know. But it's 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 clearly affecting his his game overall. I mean, I think he's still a, a danger. I think when the ball comes to him, he still puts the opposition on the back foot and that's, you know, that's a good thing. And I think he still is, you know, uh, a player who can uh, harm other teams, but he's just he's just not lucky. I mean, there's a good example in the first half. I think where he broke from our half uh, quite far deep into our half and, and charged up the pitch, and um, and it, in the end, I think he had a shot. He overran it slightly, and he and he got a, a sort of weak shot away. Um, and that was kind of seemed to tip, uh, sort of typify everything that's happening because he, he up to a point he was fine. 
did the right thing and then when it came to the, the making that final last decision or getting the final last shot away he was either just unlucky or, or just made the wrong decision and you know at the end of the day he's that's you know that's what he's needed to he needs to get right you know and he can do all the, the, the great play up to that point but if the end result isn't there then what's the point up till now I don't think we've had a player who we would say well, let's drop him and put someone else in because who's who's the alternative or what what is the alternative without changing the way we play? And I don't know if there is anyone who who could do that. I suppose with the guy we've signed from Aberdeen, uh, right, coming in now, maybe he's an alternative option. But I mean, and he, he looked quite tidy when he came on today. But I don't know what he's, uh, you know, whether whether he's likely to be the answer in any way or not. But I think we can. I think we just need to keep plugging away with him really to be honest and, and hope that he, he comes good because he has you know like we say he has the potential and he, he, he can turn it around but um, he's just he's just not getting there in, at, at, at this point Sure there's I, I mean I, I agree with you and I thought I mean we only got a wee snippet of him towards the end uh, but I thought right when he came on looked good and I actually thought he maybe he could have got a shot away in the closer done. stages. Yeah. He should have, yeah. and he, he just, he just, I think he panicked a wee bit and and, and made the wrong choice. But isn't that though exactly that what we're saying about Kent? Though I mean that you know, yeah, up I to know. a point is fine, and then you know, so is that going to improve? That you know, I, I, I don't want to get down in the guy. No, sorry, I, I certainly don't want to get down in the guy. I don't, I don't <laughs> get down in the guy. But uh, uh, no, wrong with that, obviously. But. Did somebody take that shovel off him, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> sure, but but there's there's you know as 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 extra competition in that area we right mm-hmm. coming in is that maybe something that Kent needs you know is is he maybe not being challenged enough to to, oh. to earn his jersey? Uh, yes, and no. <laughs> you know, are you, are you bringing somebody in to challenge him, or are you bringing somebody in that's going to damage his confidence? And 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 that is that's a kind of you know sort of balancing act, juggling act that every manager does. I mean, I, I've I've said it often enough. In terms of a uh, creative player, Ken is 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 good. Ian's right. A player doesn't decide what transfer fee he's going for, so therefore there's pressure on him immediately. I mean, his Rangers historically, his Rangers what second, third biggest signing ever. You know, I, I mean that that's a, a a hell of a onus to put in somebody given where Scottish football is just now, and I, I, something it frustrates me um, again. He's he's, he's not in the you know, other people are thinking, oh, he's fantastic. He's not in the top 10 wingers that I've ever seen in a Rangers jersey and is nowhere near that just now. But you're looking for him to be, if he, I sometimes think he's the only creative source that Rangers actually have. Hence, the, if he's not actually having a good game, Rangers maybe don't have a good game. I think there's a lot put on him and placed on his shoulders to come up with it week in, week out. The fact of the matter is, if he was able to do it week in, week out, he wouldn't be at Ibrooks. He'd still be at Anfield. And I think people have to to to, to recognise that, but he's still a a a, a force looking to maybe create a wee, a, a wee bit more. Um, the, the the right when he came on, I do think he should have taken a, a shot. I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to him? He's either going to get shouted at or he's going to score in his debut, and he looked in a better position to score in his debut than fall out with people. So I I, I think it would be good if once he gets a few more minutes under his belt and once. Stephen Gerrard shows him that he's actually there to make a difference and actually to, to play games and play minutes rather than just as backup to Kent. 
Ian, I, I, I think overall, you know, again, the, the reaction, I find it quite disheartening at times the way some people are reacting. You know, it's, don't get me wrong, disappointing result against a team that, you know, all the money was on is beaten. But, you know, some of the some of the comments are just like, you know, we're still 21 points clear. We're still in a really, really good position. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fearful to think what supporters would be like if we were in, you know, a sort of title race like McLeish against O'Neill. You know what I mean? Where, you know, a dro- one drop point could actually cost you the title. You know, I, I don't know how supporters would be like that. But I, I suppose we've had a moan about today. You know, it's disappointing. We've got to take it on the chin and move on. It's all about the reaction. It's all about how we, you know, we've got two home games coming up in the league over February against Kilmarnock and Dungeon United. It's all about getting the points in those games and, and, and moving on again. I've said that after the, the two sort of major blips this season were, well, three, I suppose, if you count the Benfica game, where I was really disappointed that we ended up not winning that game, which is, you know, in itself is sort of tells you how positive the season is. But, you know, if you take that as a, as a negative, plus the Levy game, plus the Samarin game, I said after every one of those, it's not the result in that game that matters, it's how we react to it. And on every occasion, we reacted really well and came back, bounced back and won the next game convincingly and went on a bit of a run, I think, afterwards. So uh, that's what you need. So we've got an opportunity here, two home games against teams that, well, arguably we should beat every team, but two two home games against teams that we really need to be beating at home. That's a perfect opportunity to get back into the, the swing of things I think you know if we win those two games then everyone will settle down again or even if we win the next game probably everyone will settle down again and, and be a bit more confident and you know it just needs to get that consistency back again and get back on a, a level sort of uh, footing really again um, touched on European game uh, briefly I would say that the European games now while it's amazing and brilliant to be still in Europe are pretty irrelevant I, I don't really care what happens as long as we don't get hammered you know I, I'm quite comfortable to be resting players for those re- European games rather than worrying about uh, resting them for uh, for for league games because you know it's the league games that are now the most important thing we just need to get that title one and you know the Europa League is a is a, a nice bonus but it's a side issue really as far as I'm concerned uh, Sure would you, would you agree with that resting yeah. players in the Europa League and <laughs> I mean, what a position to be in. I mean, a couple of, a, a couple of years ago, you 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 know you're, you're talking about Elgin City and, and yeah. you know yeah. and and, and, and I, I mean honestly, uh, I think there are some Johnny come come lately that, that don't realise the kind of journey that Rangers have been through. They've seen it, for, you know, they've maybe only seen Rangers over the last couple of seasons, three seasons, because Stephen Gerrard is. The manager, other than a whole mishmash of other guys that were, were you know, the head coaches at Ibrox, I think maybe they, they, they focused their attention on how good Steven Gerrard was as a player and how he's trying to make it as a manager. Therefore, they reckon that, that he should succeed. Therefore, Rangers should succeed without actually realising, and I hate using the terminology, but the journey that Rangers have been on. You know, it's it, 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 the, the fact that Rangers are fighting in two fronts, one going for a league title, and the second one is playing after Christmas New Year in the Europa League says everything about where Steven Gerrard is taking this team. Ian's right, the priority would be what's the biggest prize? The biggest prize is the league title. 
that's 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 you in, te- in terms of top trumps. It's the only card you want to be playing in Glasgow, let alone the rest of Scotland or anywhere else. And and for for that matter, I think that's why just now the performance level is disappointing. But take a step back and look at the performance levels right through the season; it's been quite extraordinary. Right, guys. Before we move on, uh, I need to I need to highlight the partnership that Jersnet have uh, with football prizes. Uh, Frankie, uh, you know, his Twitter obviously always sort of shows you the next one that's available. Uh, I, I spoke about the Brian Loudrop jersey on Friday night in the preview show. The tickets for that have sold out, but there'll be other ones coming up. So keep your eye out on on Frankie's Twitter feed, and you'll see what comes up. It's it's normally like a signed shirt, framed, and all the rest of it, uh, very classily done. And it's, I think it's a fiver a ticket, five ninety five a ticket. But there's only so many tickets, and the Brian Loudrop one has gone; it's sold out. So keep your eyes out for the next one. Ian, on to the, you know, after the game today, there's the the, the, the sort of rumblings of the the Kemar roof challenge from uh, Wednesday night against St Johnson. Uh, Stephen Gerrard confirmed after the game today that the club plan to appeal it, uh, and I think they've got till tomorrow to do that. I mean, I spoke to Alex again on Friday about this, and it's causing a lot of a lot of controversy. You know, I mean, there does seem to be a lot of inconsistency. Rangers recently have been sort of walking away from this, you know, in, in terms of they've accepted the charges, they accepted the one with Morelos. Stephen Gerrard said last week, you know, no case to answer. They weren't happy with, with how uh, it was only Morelos that was cited. You know, there were similar incidents in the game at Easter Road, and only one was pulled up, but. It seems that they're taking a different approach to this one. They're, they're obviously not very happy with this one. Would you agree with the... the I, I mean, I don't think anyone could disagree that Roof was lucky to stay in the park. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a bad tackle. I don't think he meant it. I don't think there was any malice. But he's undoubtedly caught the guy. But do you think the club are right to appeal that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you can't argue that if, if, the, if you got a red for that, nobody would have any reason to argue with it at all really I don't think I mean you know, obviously some people would but generally speaking I don't think you would argue that if the referee gave that but he didn't he gave him a yellow card the referee clearly saw it I mean you know we've all seen the pictures of the referee standing staring straight at the, the incident he saw it he gave a yellow card so as far as I'm concerned that's where it should end um, and quite how the SFA have managed to sort of uh, come up with this uh, concept of the referee saw the incident and uh, gave a yellow card but somehow didn't see it. I don't know. But that's, I suppose, the SFA for you. But I think there's a, a point here that, you know, games, I don't want to see games re-refereed. I'm not interested in, in really, to be honest, unless unless there's some sort of off-the-ball incident where somebody punches somebody or, or something like that. For, for the normal run of the game, I don't think you can start re-refereeing it. So if the referee gives a season incident, gives a yellow card, and they move on, that's how it should end. I don't, I don't think it's fair. And if you are going to do that, then you have to do it with everyone. And everyone's seen all the inconsistencies, all the incidents that go unseen, all the incidents that probably happen every game. They don't get highlighted on TV or don't get uh, discussed for for hours and uh, on on uh, TV by pundits or in the, the papers and the, the, the days afterwards. So we've all seen those incidents. We know the inconsistencies. If if they're going to re-referee games after the event, then they have to do every single incident and every single game. 
otherwise it's just not it's not fair it's unfair to everyone and I would say that no matter who's getting uh, getting cited uh, for for whatever so yeah I think they're right to to, to appeal it and I think uh, I don't know whether they'll be successful or not. I don't know. I would have thought they would be, but uh, but you know, who knows? <laughs> sure. I mean, this seems to be a thing that's, that's... I mean, it's not just a roof incident. This seems to be something that's been rumbling on, uh, not just this season. You know, Rangers have had serious concerns about the, the previous compliance officer. I, I, when I was speaking to Alex on Friday night, uh, one of the comments that we were sort of talking about was, it feels like it's becoming predictable when you see incidents... Uh, from games, you know, based on what club it is, who's going to face, retro, you know, possible retrospective action and who's not. Now, if the, if I know other sort of pundits would describe that as what about it and all the rest of it, but surely there has to be a, a sort of some basis for consistency here. And if, you know, if one club is concerned, or and I think it's more than one now, to be honest, you know, I, I get the impression that more than one club in the background is, is raising concerns about you know, several governance issues within within Scottish football. But if, if clubs have got concerns about this, then surely, you know, it has to be addressed. There has to be there has to be an overall review of, of how this process is operated because it is inconsistent. And I think that mm. the game at Easter Road shows that, you know, the, the, the incident with Morelos, which again, I don't think many Rangers supporters would say uh, it, it, it was lucky not to get sent off. But then you have an identical incident with Darren McGregor which doesn't get cited. And there was also an incident in that game uh, with Ryan Portis when he, he sort of stamped on mm-hmm. Ryan Jack. So supporters are seeing similar incidents in, in games, but there's different outcomes. Yeah. The other, the other day there, Stephen Gerrard asked for consistency and, and I tweeted that the only consistency he's likely to get is a continued inconsistency. And I also said I didn't think it was double standards either. I just thought it was like ineptness. And then later on that day, I, I kind of changed my mind. Um, and, and I said that, you know, after today's news regarding uh, Kima Roof, uh, you know, I might amend my previous take. And the SFA have turned their selectivity into a damning indictment. And it is the selective in, in what they look at and how they look at these things. There are instances, as Ian says, right through the entire season, if you really want to re-referee matches go ahead and do it but be even-handed and also do it you know do it in such a way that you seem to be even-handed i think just now you know rangers have appealed this decision whether they're successful or not you know who can tell probably not i would i would, I would caution but the thing is you have to challenge this you have to say look at this Look at X, Y, and Z. The fact that you have, a, 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 and okay, they will do so as Rangers fans, but the fact that you've got football fans able to turn their hand to doing a bit of editing and coming up with photographs and coming up with footage of challenges that are every bit as serious and every bit as bad as anything that the Rangers players have been cited for, I think tells you everything you need to know about the current situation. It is... It's reaching a desperate stage. Scottish football is 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 now starting to toil because of this, and it's, that's not being overly dramatic. The fact of the matter is that you're, you're looking at people um, watching the officials in Scottish football and basically saying these these guys don't know what they're doing. Not only do they not know what they're doing, then they also have a governing body behind them that doesn't know what they're doing. So I think Rangers are are right to appeal this one. Um, 
they should be they should be successful. I doubt if they will be successful, but as long as they keep shining a light on these inconsistencies, then something you would think you would like to think will happen. And the other thing is Ian says that you that the referee the referee takes a decision in bootstruth because of what he's seen. Now, if he's then been corrected by the SFA, why is that referee not stood down for the next match? Yeah. Simply because he, he's not good enough. It, it, that 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 is that is one of the things that is always stuck in macro that the the a referee or uh you know uh, one of his assistants can be shown to be um poor and consistently poor yet nothing ever happens they're never demoted they're never a, you know they're never sent away to do a refresher course and um you know the the, the notice of complaint that almost contradicts itself as well, saying that you know that there was a send if there had been a sending off offence that was not seen at any by any of the match officials, then the SAFA could react to that. Except it was seen, and I think that this, these double standards and able to you know select what decisions you're going to revisit. Is isn't a good place that Scottish football's in, and it certainly isn't a good place if it affects one team more than anyone else. I mean, what if you know they, they they should be honest? You know, if if they're going to take that line, they should be honest. The SFA and say we, a referee saw that incident, gave a yellow card, but we don't think that actually was right. We think yeah. he was uh, merited more than that. The referee got it wrong, and uh, we're going to give him a, a red card for that because the referee made a mistake. And as a result, the referee, the, the player will get a ban, and the referee will be have sanctions in some way or whatever uh, sanctions referees get. But they won't do that because you know they want to cover their own backs and their own referees' backs as well. So they come up with this cockeyed idea that the referee somehow saw it but didn't see it. Yeah, it, it just makes them look ridiculous, and you know. But then you know we're talking about Scottish it, football going. It was like, it was like years ago. It, it was it was like years ago when Graeme Souness had been banned from the touchline, and at half time he came down the, out the stand and stood in the tunnel. No, it was STV uh, Scotsport cameras that picked him up standing in the tunnel. And then on Monday morning, all of a sudden, he got a letter from the SFA to explain himself because the head of the Referees Association or whatever it was, Jack Mowat, had seen Soonis in the tunnel. One, he couldn't have seen him from where he was sitting because it was impossible to see anybody in the tunnel. He only picked up by TV cameras. And, and secondly, Jack Mowat couldn't see the end of the room, never mind the, the, what was happening down in the tunnel. So... Ian's absolutely spot on. If you if you've made a mistake and it's a genuine mistake, say so. Don't try and come up with some, you know, trying to to, to manipulate and manufacture some kind of statement that makes it look as if it, it it's um you you've always been in the right when you've actually primarily been in the wrong. But but at least be honest about it. It's I think the the, the thing that I find disturbing is to be loopholes that they find that get them, you know. What you understand is the rules, and, and what Ian said there earlier on was, you know, you know, the referee's seen it and he's booked them, and, and everyone, you know, even sports scene, you know, we're, we're the club that are, you know, famously get the trial by sports scene thing. Now, even they were saying, well, you know, he probably should have had a red card, uh, but he's not gone, because the referee's seen it, the referee's taken action, so that's it, they can't take any retrospective action. And then they find some wee bizarre loophole that no one knew existed to, to actually take retrospective action. But, but Ian, is there maybe bigger things at, at play here? You know, is there maybe 
a bit of a power struggle going on in the background. You know, Chris Sutton's came out and said that, uh, you know, Rangers are trying to run the game. There's been previous issues, you know, Rangers have, have issued, uh, you know, they, they were demanding an inquiry a few months ago. Some other clubs have, have you know, recently have issued statements that they're not really happy uh, with, you know, the governance of the game and all that kind of thing. Is there maybe a bit of a power struggle here? Peter Law stepping stepping down from Celtic, so there's a kind of feeling that maybe Celtic will lose some some sway in the higher echelons, uh, you know, Scottish football. Is there maybe other things at play here? Is this maybe just the tip of the iceberg, and, and there's other things going on in the background? I think your guess is good. <laughs> it's mine, to be honest. I don't know, but I mean, clearly, you know, Rangers have made any secret of the fact that they want change in the way that Scottish football is run. Uh, certainly the SPFL and you know I think this is probably part of the, the overall discontent that, that Rangers and others have got um, I don't have an awful lot of sympathy for the other clubs involved uh, because you know they all had the opportunity to to make some uh, form of change uh, nine months ago or whenever it was and, and didn't take the opportunity so uh, maybe it's down to Rangers to do that but in this particular case I don't think it's necessarily part of a sort of uh, behind-the-scenes struggle. I just think it's the ongoing um, discontent and unhappiness with the way the the systems are run, which contributes to the the overall unhappiness with how Scottish football is run. And, you know, I don't know whether the... You know, Peter Lowell's uh, standing down from Celtic. I I would be surprised if he's uh, retiring from... Uh, public life, as they say, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him have a, a, a more significant role in uh, in Scottish football in in, in months to come. Uh, uh, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think you know that the, the, there's clearly discontent and unhappiness with the way things are run, and I think this is a little bit part of that. But this is it's a separate issue in itself, and I think Rangers are right to to make a stand against it. What's the solution then, Stuart? How do, how do we move forward? Because, you know, it's been rumbling on for a while now. And, and, and I think Stephen Gerrard was, was, was quite clever in pointing out uh, last week, you know, that the club, you know, they're, they're, they are trying to turn down the noise in this. You know, we're not statement FC anymore. You know, we're not mm. coming out with statement after statement. It seems to be that we're taking a, a, you know, a different approach to this. But it, it's obviously irking the club and we need to find a solution. What you said there about other teams, you know, I, I was reminded, or uh, it came out of my head about an episode of uh, of Taxi when the Reverend Jim, having stated all these various facts uh, and been challenged on one of them, said, "You mean I was right?" You know, and I think that's the situation with Rangers. Rangers were, you know. I think it's slowly but surely people are coming round to the thinking that Rangers were absolutely spot on when they challenged the SFA in, in, in terms of how they run their run their business simply because it's affected uh, and affected other clubs as well. I I, I I can see Peter Lawwell will still be a representative of Celtic when it comes to the SFA and the SPFL. He'll, 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 he'll do the same as one or two others um, have done, retired from as, as he says, public office and continued uh, within the auspices of the SFA. If there is a power struggle there, well, you know, it'll be, it may, I might just buy some popcorn and sit back and watch how that one plays out. But, I mean, for Chris Sutton to come out and say that, that Rangers are trying to dictate how Scottish footballs run, I mean, if ever there was a statement to try and keep yourself relevant, that was it. Right, guys, I thought we would finish off, you know, try and be in a sort of positive uh, mood and get away from the, the, the controversy 
you know, the SFA and all that kind of stuff, and, and look to the upcoming fixtures in, in February. You know, supporters are, you know, a, a wee bit disgruntled today, you know, with the result today. And, and even I've even seen one or two saying, oh, that's it, you know, we're going to start dropping points and all that kind of thing. And in the next two league games in February, we've got Kelly at home, uh, Dungeon United at home, two very, very winnable ties. Now, I, I think Alan McGregor was saying today, you know, that the team just need to focus on the next game and that's it, you know, focus on that game, win and then move on to the next one. And that's fair enough. But we as supporters can, we can go a wee bit beyond that. So we're going to look at the next month. The, when we get into March, there's a couple of tricky away games. We're, we're at Livingston and they're, they're flying now, you know, they're doing really, really well. Uh, and then obviously we've got the Celtic game sort of a couple of weeks after that uh, and sort of towards the end of March. How important is it that we just win, you know, get back on track, win these two games in, in February and get that good feeling. I, I, and does European football provide just a wee bit, of, not a bad distraction, but something, I, it seems to me that Rangers' slight dip in form has coincided with the Europa League stopping. It seemed to me when we were playing Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, there was just a rhythm about the team and we were playing really, really well. Since that's tailed off, we've tailed off. So does European football help get us back up to a, a decent standard again? I see where you're, I see where you're coming from with that. I mean, I, you know, having just said that, I think if we're going to rest players, it should be in Europe. Then, but you know, I take on board what you're saying. I think it's it's all about momentum, isn't it? It's just getting winning games again, building up a level of performance. Uh, you know, over a course of a league season, you're always going to have dips in form. Players will have dips. Teams will have dips. You know, you hope that too many of your players don't have a dip at the same time. I think today was an example where nine out of 11, potentially, maybe even 10, were having dips on the day at the same time. So you just want that, you hope that that's not going to happen. But I think, you know, it's all about getting momentum. As I said before, the next two games, two home games against teams that we should be beating at home quite comfortably. I think, you know, People, people are just absolutely crapping themselves. I think, really. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. Anything that goes wrong, you know, just thinking everything's going to go pear shaped. And I honestly, generally, don't think that is going to be the case. And I think everyone needs to just sort of relax and chill out a wee bit. But at the same time, I completely understand where they're coming from because. We've seen it before, and it's been so long since we've won the league that anything that looks like it might sort of derail that is going to be jumped on, and people are going to panic about it. I think you know the answer is don't panic. You know, just just let the players get back and get 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 back into the rhythm again, and hopefully get winning games again. You know, two good win, wins in the next two games, people have forgotten that we drew against uh, Hamilton uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. You know. It, it, that's how football works, you know, and, and you know, it, it's just about getting re- getting back into the swing of things and getting recovering properly and, and, and moving on. Uh, sure, I'll leave the, the last word to you. I, 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 I found a wee uh, video the other day there, the 2nd of May 1999, when Rangers went to Celtic Park and, and, and won the league 3 0. Now, that's considered, you know, that was Dick Advocate's side, that's considered one of the, the best sides over the last sort of 20, 30 year, a huge amount of money spent on it. And we won the league that day by securing our 72nd point. We're all, we've already surpassed that and we're only in February. Did, did, 
the supporters, I mean, I think Ian's right. I think a lot of supporters, because we've been so long and, and waiting for this and the journey's been so torturous. And there's so much happened with Rangers over the last 10 years that, that, that supporters are nervous. But do we need to actually just appreciate this bunch of players and this manager and, and let them get on with it? Because if, mm-hmm. if they continue the way they've... they've I, I think it's five, six wins in, in the title's hours. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're nearly there. I think we just need to get behind them and, and trust them. I think I think you need to take into account the sort of context of where this Rangers team are and what they've done. You can only beat who you who who you is put in front of you. You know, and, and I would have to say uh, um, that in the last five years, six years, whatever it might be in Scottish football, I think the team, I think in general, the standard has slipped. Therefore, a decent Rangers team would perform much better than, how can I say, it, they might actually be. Compared to the advocate side, I think if you put light for light on the pitch just now, I would still put my money on advocate's team. Um, I think, however, what has happened in the last decade in terms of Rangers, I think, I think there's a nervousness now amongst a great many Rangers fans who have stuck with the club through thick and thin and who have been Rangers fans for a very, very long time. It's it's not a two horse race. This is this is the equivalent of the like in a nineteen seventy three Grand National when Crisp was about eight miles in front of Redrum and Redrum came up in the rails and won it in the and, and Rangers fans are hoping dear that doesn't happen. I think it's very difficult to, to look at this season and still see the likes of Celtic as genuine challengers. They are but they're so far in your rear view mirror that you're almost like having nightmares. You're almost fearing fear itself. Yeah. And I think that's the, the issue just now for Ranger supporters. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously a disappointing result today, but I think we need to remember where we are and how well the, the you know the players have done this season. Guys, looking at the time there, and I think I think that's just about us for tonight. So a big thanks to Ian and Stuart for their contributions there. Brilliant stuff from them, as always. Uh, we'll try and get a, a preview show out next week for the, the Kilmarnock game, so we'll look for that on the Friday night. And obviously we'll have the flagship show out on the Sunday afterwards as well. In the meantime, get yourself over to the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Guys, as I say, he's every week now in this lockdown trauma. Uh, Look after yourself, stay safe, and until next time, bye for now.